The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the power of will. And, you know, they say that where there is a will, there is a way. And we have this wonderful book that I've been reading, and it's called Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times by Piero Ferrucci, who is coming to us all the way from Italy. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Piero Ferrucci is a psychotherapist and a philosopher. He has been a student and collaborator of Robert Asagioli, the founder of Psychosynthesis. He is the author of several books, including The Power of Kindness, What We May Be, Inevitable Grace, and What Our Children Teach Us, as well as he is the editor of The Human Situation, a book of Aldous Huxley's lectures. He lives near Florence, Italy with his wife and two sons, and you can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com where you can see his picture, his bio, of photo of his book. And also you can see, you can link right there to his website at pieroferrucci.it, and his name is spelled P-I-E-R-O-F-E-R-R-U-C-C-I. And uh, I'm just thrilled to have you join us. Thank you so much for joining us, Piero. Thank you. Good morning. Well, well it's wa- actually evening here, but good morning to you. Exactly, exactly. So I just wanted to tell you, I really enjoyed the, your book, and also the layout. is. I think it's wonderful that the way you start Thank out you. with um, little stories, and then there's some introspective exercises, which I've been doing, which are really helpful as well. So I understand that you studied under and worked with Roberto, Roberto Asagioli, the founder of Psychosynthesis. So can you explain what is Psychosynthesis and how it influenced you to write your book? Yes, well, I worked uh, with Asagioli now. It's uh, already quite a few years ago. He died in 1974. And uh, in the beginning of last century, he was the one who introduced the psychoanalysis uh, uh, to Italy, and um, uh, Freud uh, thought he would be a representative of psychoanalysis in Italy, but uh, soon he found that psychoanalysis was too oriented uh, towards pathology, 
and also uh, it did not uh, give stress enough to um, uh, human responsibility and the will, and that's why he decided to uh, create uh, his own system, which uh, he called psychosynthesis after analysis, uh, you have to have synthesis. You cannot just leave the pieces uh, lying there. And um, psychosynthesis is, uh, uh, um, puts much more stress on uh, individual uh, work rather than uh, on uh, very long therapies. You can uh, do some exercises, do what uh, in uh, yoga is called the sadhana, work on yourself. Right. And uh, everyday life gives us a lot of occasions to do that. So that kind of led you to, uh, it, it, it's influenced, that shows influencing your book, Your Inner Will. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, as a Jolly was a great mentor. I think he was a, a sage, a, a wise man, and uh, he brought uh, uh, the will back into the field of psychology. And uh, for many years now, I have um, I've been working with people. I've been a psychotherapist uh, for more than 40 years. And uh, so often I see people um, who have wonderful intelligence and sensitivity and feelings and even uh, a vision and out- a positive outlook uh, in life, but they don't uh, have, or they have lost, I should say, their in a strength so uh, so that they cannot really carry out what they would like to do and uh, they are uh, often uh, uh, um, bullied and uh, taken advantage of and um, feel insecure, don't know what to decide and uh, have a sense of uh, having lost uh, their own sense of um, uh, self. Uh, the will uh, is about exactly about this, about finding again the inner strength that uh, you already have, or if you don't have enough, to um, build it, to train it, because the will can be trained. Right. And you focus each chapter on a specific aspect of will, such as mastery and resilience. So are there one or two aspects that you think are paramount to others in terms of strengthening the other will, or are they mutually dependent upon each other and just about equally important? I think they're all uh, equally important in general. Then if we uh, look at uh, individual people, then one may be more important than the other. I think uh, for me the starting point is... uh, being able to find one's own uh, center, which we call uh, the self, uh, that is uh, something that could be seen as an inner sanctuary, a place uh, where you can be uh, completely uh, at peace, completely yourself. That's where to start. And uh, uh, if we are able to will from there, to make our choices from there, to decide, then uh, um, everything is much easier. If uh, we have lost our center, then uh, it's uh, very difficult to um, will, to take decision, because uh, we're pushed uh, here and there by other people, by the by life circumstances, and so on, and so on. And what so that's you... a basic uh, starting point. Right. 
So when a tragedy hits, you know, which all of us go through the, the trials and tribulations of life, when tragedy hits, sometimes we feel totally, you know, uh, impotent and we don't have the will to go on. So what do you think, what role does spirituality have with regard to this? Can you, you know, can you say that people without any spirituality, without any belief in anything that is a higher power or whatever you want to call it, um, can bounce back as easily? Well, I um, often in groups, uh, I will ask, uh, can you remember a time when uh, you discovered uh, that uh, you do have inner strength? And uh, uh, that is always a very beautiful moment because people recall times of great difficulties and uh, even tragedy uh, in which uh, they found that they could use the resources they didn't even know they had. Of course, I, if uh, somebody comes to me with, uh, and is a victim of uh, a tragedy of the trauma, I would not uh, tell that person to uh, uh, exercise uh, his or her will. I uh, I would just try to be empathic and to be with the, that um, person and uh, to feel uh, that uh, um, that uh, a terrible feeling of impotence and struggle and pain that uh, one can feel uh, when tragedy strikes. Yes, uh, that is the first thing, and that's why people fi- uh, find it much easier uh, to. Uh, get in touch with their resilience when there is a sense of community, when other people can support them. And that is uh, the starting point. However, there are other factors. Uh, another factor is exactly what we were talking about uh, a moment ago, that you can read uh, a tragic event in different ways. In uh, A tragic event can be a time in which you just uh, give up and uh, you lose hope. Right. But you can also uh, see that same event as a time in which uh, you uh, get in touch with uh, resources that uh, uh, you normally don't use. Uh, Obviously, I don't uh, uh, wish to anybody to have uh, difficulties or tragedies or uh, any kind of... uh, uh, obstacle, but uh, uh, that happens. That happens in uh, the life of all of us, and uh, so it's better to know what to do when it happens. Yes, yeah. Now, throughout the book, you note how different cultures have shared similar fables and symbolic characters and beliefs that reflect the importance of inner strength. So do you think that these cultural consistencies really help prove the existence of the inner will? Well, yes, I think that uh, we have behind us a, a very long and extraordinary evolution through which uh, we became human. You know that uh, um, there are 23 uh, human uh, um, races and we uh, only uh, ours of the uh, Homo um, uh, almost happy and survived. There, um, there are many other branches that did not survive. And why did we survive? Well, for many, di- several different reasons, I suppose. One is uh, that we are able to cooperate. 
And uh, but another one, I think, is that we are incredibly resilient. Uh, after all, we survived uh, uh, wars and famine and uh, difficulties of all kinds. And uh, throughout that uh, history, we um, became stronger. We have it in us to uh, uh, be able to uh, bounce back, which is what resilience is, um, and uh, uh, stand again after we have fallen. Yes. And and I like what you talk about that sometimes we need a community to do it. And I know for me, for example, the, the challenging times in my life that I went through, um, it wasn't enough that it was me or that, uh, you know, I had uh, counseling to help me through death and dying and all these things. It wasn't enough. For me, I needed more. I could, it was like, you know, counseling and support from friends maybe took me three quarters of the way across the river. But what for me is just in a belief that there is a, you know, a God or a higher power or something that has put together this whole tapestry of life that is more than just my little me. And when I tap into that, that helps me to know that okay, not my will, but thy will, or my will, you know, uh, kind of boosted by the will of of God or the will of higher power, whatever you want to call it, or nature. So what about that? Does that come in at all, that um, when you're dealing with clients that... Oh, it definitely does. Um, uh, The way I work and the way psychosynthesis works is that uh, it is... uh, uh, independent of any uh, religious attitude, in the sense that uh, I respect uh, anybody's cosmology. I can work with uh, uh, atheists and uh, with Christians, with Jews, and with any um, um, religious or philosophical orientation. Uh, there are some basic uh, uh, truths, I think, about human nature that we can. Uh, uh, touch upon. Uh, one, as I was saying, is that we can train our will. Uh, will is democratic. It doesn't have uh, anything to do with uh, talent. We can just, uh, because people are born talented, but uh, uh, will is a different matter. We can train our will even if we feel we don't have enough. Right. Uh, and uh, when we will, we are uh, at the center of the action, so to speak. However, there are times in our lives when, uh, and there are rare times, uh, there are the moment when we experience a state of grace, and uh, when everything just flows by itself, and uh, life becomes um, effortless, and uh, we feel guided, we meet the right people, we meet, choices just happen, mm-hmm. and... Um, we feel that we're just on the beam, so to speak. And um, that is, independently whether you believe that uh, God exists or not, that is uh, an experience, and such a, 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 it is a legitimate object of study in, uh, in psychology. People have these experiences, and uh, they are extremely important and nourishing times. Yeah, it's like and, your uh, intuition, right? It's like whether you call it God or divine guidance or intuition, like you're just, when you're in touch with that intuition to know 
what to do so that it does flow, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, however, we cannot uh, uh, only um, rely on uh, that guidance. Um, in order to be uh, competent and well-functioning, uh, I believe we have to do our part, and our part is uh, learn how to uh, make choices, how to be autonomous, how to regulate ourselves, how to have uh, uh, discipline, how to be uh, courageous, how to be resilient, and these are things that um, we can uh, we can learn. And instead of just uh, you know sitting there and wait for uh, divine guidance to happen, and uh, then maybe that kind of guidance that you were talking about uh, happens, and we are uh, we are guided. Synchronicities happens. Uh, uh, the state of grace comes. Um, everything uh, falls uh, in the right place. Yeah. But uh, it's not always so. You know? yeah. In fact, I think that uh, the times in which we learn most are the times of uh, uh, darkness, uh, times of uh, difficulty, of struggle, um, because after the state of grace, it's um, often we have the opposite. We just uh, feel lost, and uh, we thought that maybe the state of grace was an illusion, and... Uh, and so on and so on. And that's when we have to be able to go on on our own. Right, right. And I love the way you've put these uh, various chapters. The first one is freedom, and then center, then will is a chapter on of its own, even though they're all interrelated. Then you have plasticity, autonomy, mastery, integrity, depth, courage, resilience, the state of grace, and Odyssey. These are really wonderful. Thank you. So um, in your chapter on depth, you you note the superficiality of the modern world, you know, the overabundance of stimuli around us. I'm I just thinking how we're just hit with so much information, whether we're tethered to our, our, you know, smartphones or whatever kind of electronic device that we're just so diverted from everything around us. So how how can you cultivate that depth when we are just really <laughs> overwhelmed with information all over the place? Well, it's, it's not necessarily an easy job, but um, it is imperative because uh, you described it very well. It's uh, these are times uh, of um, enormous abundance. I think it's extraordinary uh, the amount of uh, knowledge of information not necessarily of wisdom, but of information that we can uh, tap onto. And uh, nowadays I can uh, do, in an afternoon, I can do the work that uh, I would be able, would have been able to do in a month uh, right. Uh, right. 30 or 40 years ago. So it's, uh, in a way it's wonderful, but it's also very distracting and it's difficult to uh, have a conversation with somebody without being interrupted by cell phones and uh, uh, such things. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it becomes uh, imperative to preserve our capacity to go into the depth of ourselves, into the depth of uh, knowing a subject, or in the depth of uh, 
relationship because uh, we're so easily distracted. We're already uh, somewhere else, and uh, we all know how uh, um, unpleasant it is with uh, to be with somebody that is uh, not quite there, that is distracted, not paying attention, reading uh, their email or their uh, texts while they're at the same time talking with you. And uh, we all have had that experience. In, in fact, we probably have it many times a day. Right. And um, uh, the, uh, we cannot um, directly fight that, I think, and I, I wouldn't fight that because there are... Um, um, good elements also in uh, the uh, facility of communication, but uh, we also have to remember the other side, uh, the side of depth and of uh, uh, the inner world, because um, uh, the contemporary world uh, takes us uh, out. It, we are living in extremely extroverted time, uh, times in mm -hmm. which... Uh, our attention is always drawn to whatever is happening out there, to other people in the, in the world, to publicity, to stimuli of any kind. And in doing that, we lose touch with the pure source of uh, our spontaneous uh, feelings and with, uh, with our own inner world and all the treasures it, uh, it can offer to ourselves and to others. So depth is uh, essential, and we reach depth only uh, by an act of will. Otherwise, uh, we just uh, go somewhere else. Yeah, and you know, for the type of work that I do in healing conflict and helping par parties to come to resolution or whatever when they're going through conflict, they really do need to know what's going on within them because it's often a blame game and that is outward thinking rather than even understanding what's going on with yourself and so this is really important to go into that depth really find out what is it that I'm upset with what is it that I'm feeling what is it that's going on and I, I like some of the uh, exercises that you have just the breathing exercises just to get Centered, which is one of your chapters, too, about getting centered. What is it about um, centering yourself? Well, uh, let me respond um, this way to you. I'm glad that you bring up um, conflict resolution because I know you work in this field. And uh, because the interview was about the will, I thought, uh-oh, you know, the, the, the will is uh, mainly about um, uh, asserting oneself and... Uh, but you can assert yourself. And it's, uh, yeah. Strength and uh, yeah. and maybe I should have. Uh, we should have done the interview about uh, my other book on kindness, which <laughs> is more about empathy and uh, giving in and uh, surrendering and warmth and so on and so on. But I think both are necessary. Yes, because if we you don't, yeah, if you don't express your will, then you know you you need to express who you are. And what you want out of the relationship, you know, if it's whatever, if it's a divorce or whether it's a business dispute or whatever it is, you still have will. And I think it's important for you to be able to express that will without 
you know, uh, destroying someone else. And that gets into the issue of integrity that you talk about as well. So to me, it's fine. I mean, I... I, Good. I, I well, yeah. I, I agree with you 100% because uh, um, we cannot really solve the conflict with another person if we ignore uh, our own will and we just give in. And that yes. is uh, a pseudo solution, I think. Right. Some people sometimes have that, but then they regret it. And uh, uh, I think we negotiate only from positions of uh, strength. Otherwise, uh, uh, conflict will come back uh, later, and there's no true healing. Right. And you talk about, you know, integrity is about honoring our own values, but doing it in such a way that you don't just um, act in an unethical way with other people when you are resolving your disputes, right? Definitely. Well, integrity is uh, the distance that uh, there is between uh, ourselves and our own values and uh, the, uh, what we do. Right. Uh, so if what we do and how we act and how we behave towards other respects, uh, also our values and what we believe in, then we have integrity. But that doesn't often happen because that doesn't always happen because uh, maybe they're just two different departments of our brain, but uh, so often we uh, betray what we believe in and we uh, just uh, act according to uh, very different uh, values. Yeah. Yeah, So it's very important to, uh, number one, be aware of uh, what we want to give priority to, what our true values are, and number two, to be firm and willful enough to um, actually uh, ground that in the fabric of uh, our everyday life. Yes, yes. Now, I'm sure people come to you for therapy and that they're in some kind of a conflict with their mother or their father or their spouse or their loved one or something, or their their job, I'm sure, that they come in and they are having a problem. So how can the will help in healing conflict? Well, um, uh, yes, I think that... Um we are we don't we don't only have relationships but uh, we are relationships and uh, if uh, our relationships are poisoned then uh, um, we are poisoned and uh, um, uh, living then becomes very uh, painful uh, so the first thing is uh, that i do is uh, even before activating one's will is looking at all the poison that people all the weight that people carry from past offenses. It may be guilt, it may be wounds, it may be uh, uh, pain, injustice, uh, whatever. That has to be looked at, and the uh, emotional pain that uh, um, goes with that has to be recognized. Otherwise, the same thing is going to be repeated. As you know, we have... uh, this dangerous habit of uh, repeating what we have not uh, resolved. Right. (laughs) And then after we have uh, looked at that and uh, after we have uh, gotten in touch with with the the feelings, with the the wounds, after people feel that they are respected and uh, 
they are heard, then uh, we can look at uh, what their will uh, is, what their values are, what uh, choices they want to make. Some people find that very easily. Some people are not in the habit of being in touch uh, with uh, with their needs. I'm sure you've found that sure. many times in your work. Right. And um, that is... Uh, people can uh, tell me what they don't want, but then when I ask them, what do you want, that's they get stumped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they, because they have not uh, uh, been used to be uh, treated so kindly. And... Uh, Everybody else has uh, tried to fulfill their their uh, needs, and they haven't, and uh, they've lost that uh, contact, but they can regain it, and uh, then um, I think miracles happen, because uh, if uh, needs are recognized and uh, we begin to fulfill them, then uh, uh, obviously we feel so much better. Yes, and, and that's uh, a perfect way to end. We are just out of time. I We've been speaking with Piero Ferrucci, who is the wonderful author of Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times. So, Piero, why don't you just give your website, and then it's time for us to go. Yes, well, it's just my name, Piero, P-I-E-R-O, Ferrucci, F-E-R-R-U-C-C-I, dot I-T, like Italy. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Well, we will have you back again, and ciao. Ciao, and thank you very much for having me. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Thanks. Reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.